Hello, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the breakfast show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.7, and 88 right across Australia. My name is Renee, and I'm joined with Joelle. Good morning, everyone. Great to be back with you today. How are you, Renee? Hey, oh, well, thank you for asking. I am very well this morning. I'm glad to be awake. I had a very, very early start, and I kind of like waking up very early. I don't know. I feel like I'm, a, I'm, I'm ahead of the game. Yeah, for sure. What are you grateful for? this morning joelle i am grateful for table tennis oh table table tennis well um socially yes 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 me too (laughs) only socially um but yeah we had a um a table tennis board at my work for ages and i've just been begging for us to put it up and this week (laughs) was the week we got it put up and my boss's daughter she's quite young like nine years old so she has tons of energy, which mm-hmm. is perfect for me to get my practice in. Um, so I've been having a lot of fun the last two days. Hey, that's great. That's great. Practicing, especially playing against a nine-year-old. Yep. <laughs> That'll get you running running around the room. Yeah, it's good. My <laughs> exercise for the day. <laughs> hey, win-win. Um, oh, what am I grateful for? I would have to say I am grateful for fans. Fans in the ceiling. Uh-huh. Fans that can plug in and... <laughs> give me some air um yesterday was quite hot and because in the in the house that i'm staying in there is no air conditioning and so it was really nice to just sit underneath the fan do you have one of those like handheld ones that you can just go outside with (laughs) i actually do do? do. they're the best i bought i bought one for fun and and now my life has changed so (laughs) so good fans are great yeah You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Well, we're on to some positive news, Joelle. What's happening in the world of positivity? All right. So as you know, as I told you yesterday, I am trying to do a triathlon this year. That is the goal. Crazy, ambitious goals. (laughs) And one of the reasons that I wanted to do it is because I feel that I really want to take care of my body Mm. and, you know, I think it's a blessing to be able to move and, you know, run or just walk, which sometimes we can often take for granted. So I just want to take advantage of the body that God has given me and push it a little bit and see what it's capable of. And um, and through doing that, I want to improve my nutrition um, and also just my (laughs) self-discipline, which needs a little bit of help. So I was so inspired by this man. His name is Jay Hewitt. And Jay decided he was going to do an Ironman triathlon. Now, Ironmans are sometimes considered like the most difficult one-day racing event. Mm. Um, and they usually do really long distances. And he was inspired to do this. But the thing is, Jay Hewitt was actually diagnosed with terminal cancer. And um, so he really wanted to take on this triathlon to inspire his daughter. So um, he has actually gone through two brain surgeries, 30 radiation sessions, and one year of chemo. That's a lot. It's a lot. That's heavy. Um, You know, just taxing on the body. Can you just imagine? Um, So actually, he saw an Ironman race in 1989, and he looked at those athletes and thought they must be superhuman. (laughs) And so it never crossed his mind that he could ever do something like that 
But then in 2015, when his daughter Hero was born, um, suddenly this memory came into his mind and he decided that he would compete in an Ironman. And he thought he would do it when his daughter was around 10 years old. And the reason he did this is because he wanted to show his daughter that she can do anything that she sets her mind to, which I think is so inspiring. And um, But what happened was when she was around three years old, much younger than he had originally planned, he was diagnosed then with a terminal brain cancer. So he started his training then already. And on the very first day of his radiotherapy and his chemotherapy was also the first day that he started his Iron Man training. So a lot going on in his life all at the same time. But of course, um, COVID-19 has changed many people's plans, um, including Ironman races. And so because of the pandemic, many of the races were canceled. So what he did was a virtual race, the Ironman VR Kona virtual race. And what was cool about this is he could design the course in his hometown. And the finish line was going to be right in front of his garage. So um, nice familiar setting. And the course that he did consisted of a three-kilometer swim, a 180.25-kilometer bike ride, followed by a 42.20-kilometer run. (laughs) That's full on. It is. And especially because of his condition, um, his digestive system wasn't really good because of the chemo. Mm -hmm. Um, So he couldn't take any nutrition or hydration in and he just continued to push through the nausea and the stomach pain as well Mm. just so that he could get to the race but he finished the race in 13 hours and 14 minutes and he had 100 people hundreds of people cheering him on at the finish line and he said it was worth it just so that he could tell his daughter to dream big and never give up hope how Mm. inspiring yeah absolutely inspiring um, you know, sometimes we have so many excuses of, you know, what we can't do, right? Yes. But um, there are so many people who just prove that limits can be pushed um, and the mind is capable of so much. And of course, with God's help as well. That's very Yeah, I like what you said. That is inspiring. That's inspiring me to take my, you know, physical health more seriously. Yeah. And I have the, you know, I have the means to do all these things. But yet there are people out there who, I don't know, who have it harder than others. Yet mm. that they don't let that, that yeah. stop them. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, if you want to do a triathlon with me, just ah. let me know. <laughs> All right, we have a really um, sweet story. So this five-year-old in um, New York, she made handmade New Year's cards for a nursing home. Do you want to guess how many cards she made? Uh, for a nursing home, maybe yes. about 50? 50? Okay, well, um, her mom called the nursing home and they said they have 200 residents. And then she asked her daughter, uh, her name is Ariana Chopra, she asked, uh, do you still want to do that? And she says, yes, mommy, I can do it. So what she wanted to do is just spread some holiday cheer for those who couldn't be with their families over the holidays. And so she spent two weeks drawing rainbows, snowmen, and kids holding gifts. And um, she was able to give that to the residents of Willow Point Nursing Home. And she thought, you know what? I have a bit of money in my piggy bank. Um, Mm. So she spent all that she had and gave um, the nursing home a Santa Claus statue and a big vase as well. So how sweet. And, you know, this touches on what I was saying yesterday about, you know, everyone has the ability to be kind to someone else. Yeah. Like, you don't need tons of things. Here is... A five-year-old, yes. literally just drawing, um, just, just to spend some joy. Yeah. yeah. And she, yeah, like you said, just drawing and 
Oh, I just that's very thoughtful. Yeah, I don't She's, know what I was doing at five years old. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was coloring and p- drawing, but I I never thought to do that. And For I think someone else. It's great that her mom supported her mm. in that to help her out. So absolutely. Mm. So again, we want to challenge our listeners. Think of something you can do to show some show some kindness to mm. someone close to you yeah. today. Yeah, absolutely. There's another man, his name is Ruben Schutz, and um, he actually had some illnesses um, that he contracted while he was backpacking in Latin America. And so he lost tons of weight. He was so weak that he couldn't even get out of bed, hardly get out of bed. Um, He was in constant pain. um, And I think he started being addicted to pain medication just Mm. to be able to um, cope with what he was going through. He lost his job and um, he was studying nutrition, but he stopped that as well. Um, And he thought that his life as he had known it was over. And depression also set in, really just leaving him purposeless. One day, however, a friend came to visit and his friend was wearing a mechanical glass-backed watch. So every part of the watch was um, visible. visible. Yeah, mm. the movements were visible. And he was just so fascinated by all like the um, intricacies of this watch and the tiny parts moving together. And he just thought that was so um, fascinating. So he realized that he he would actually do well with doing something with his hands. And he didn't realize that really until he became sick and had everything taken away from him. So he started looking into watchmaking. And um, watchmaking is a 200-something-year art called horology. And Mm. as you can imagine, it is tremendously precise. But um, now he has taken what was negative and um, doing something incredible with his life, which is now exciting um, and also very... Yeah, inspiring just to do something. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Well, in more news, um, we have a new high-speed tube fishway technology which aims to get fish up and over dam walls. How cool. So this new technology lets fish glide past dam walls um, and other fish barriers that could mean a better future for our diminishing freshwater fish. So barriers like dam walls and weirs um, stop fish migrating in our rivers, but scientists at at, sorry, at University of New South Wales, Sydney, have invented a creative way to get around or over the problem. Uh, get it? That's <laughs> nice. so funny. <laughs> so it's known as the fish tube way. An inexpensive and energy efficient solution works by literally pumping fish through the high speed tube um, protected by a cushion of water. The fish go up and over the dam, arriving safely on the other side. So a prototype of the invention was shown off at the University of New South Wales Water Research Laboratory at Manly Vale recently. And now the scientists are in talks with Parramatta City Council in Sydney about the possibility of installing one on the Darug country at the Marsden St. Weir. So this could these t- tube fishways could work to reconnect populations of fish throughout of, throughout Australia and potentially the world especially because the massive decline of freshwater fish stocks over the last century is believed to be linked to barriers like dams and weirs in rivers. So that's, that's some, really interesting. Yeah. Is that like a fish roller coaster, do Ooh, you think? Probably. Yeah. And there's there's a um 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Good idea. Um, also, real quickly, I'll just say briefly, Francesca Jones qualifies for Australian Open years after doctors ruled her out of tennis. Now, we were wow. talking about our physical health yeah. and how sometimes that can... Create barriers in our lives. Well, doctors told Francesca Jones when she was eight that she would never be able to play professional tennis. That was when she was eight. Eight Now, 20-year-old Brit was born with a rare genetic condition. Um, I can't say it properly. It's electrodactyl ectodermal okay die dysplasia syndrome <laughs> i apologize that was horrible i'm sorry leaving her with three fingers and a thumb on each hand with a total of seven toes so she endured multiple surgeries and due to her dominant right foot only having three toes she struggled with balance throughout her mm. career yet she's uh she's been qualified she she made it over those barriers so just I think that that's a, a very yeah. great testament to when you put your mind to something, Definitely. not allowing things to be in your, like barriers to stop you yeah. achieving what you want to do. And that achieve. inspires so many other people, right? So yes. once you, you know, you don't hold yourself back, you inspire other people to push themselves too. So, wow, what incredible um, experience for her to now finally reach that point. Exactly. Absolutely. In more news, Shira shortage due to COVID restrictions um, basically sparks an unofficial auction for workers. Now, get this: mm-hmm. um, farmers across the countries are, across the country of Australia are facing delays with getting the staff that they need to shear their sheep. Um, a working a worker shortage. So, hmm, wow, cannot speak. A worker shortage crisis has kicked off a bidding war between farmers. And contractors for shearing sheep, um, shearing crews. So the Shearing Contractors Association of Australia, Australia Secretary Jason Letchford, says that some producers were paying shearers premium of between 20 and 50% per sheep in an unofficial auction system. So the minimum pay rate to shear a sheep is about $3.24. That's uh, to shear a standard or flock sheep in Australia, right? Okay. But we've seen the marketplace burst in the last three to four months, especially that's primarily due to COVID restrictions and uh, decreasing of workers in the workplace. So with smaller farmer and um, enterprises going directly to shearers, paying somewhere between $4 to $5, even more than $5 to mm. shear uh, ahead to shear those sheep. And so these, um, for these farmers, they're facing lengthy and potentially costly delays in wow. getting their sheep shorn because they don't have enough workers. Right. Um, and it's also costing them more money um, than usual, which mm-hmm. means they're not getting, they're probably not getting as much as they usually would yeah. get back. So normally, normally what happens is that this isn't a problem when COVID is not around. Uh, hundreds of New Zealand shearers travel to Australia to help with shearing. Okay. Um, however, Dubbo Farmer and Australian Wool Innovation National Manager of Wool Harvesting Training and Development. Wow, that's a 
That's a whole moment. Uh, Craig French said between international border restrictions and the sheep herd rebuilding in the wake of the drought. So with the drought, with COVID, Mm. um, the industry is facing uh, a skills crisis. So there's no doubt that we're in a a crisis with Shearer's numbers right across the country. It's not just a lack. uh, It's not just due to the lack of New Zealand staff. There's definitely an increased demand for contracting teams. Wow. So um, what Mr. French says is he doesn't think that the answer is found in paying them more, rather in that they need more skilled shearers. Mm. So they need to train some more yeah. skilled sh- That's That's the problem. When I went to New Zealand, I actually went to a, a sheep farm. And yeah, this guy was shearing a sheep. It's, you need to hold that sheep while it's moving. I would be so scared to, like, get deeper under the skin. Yeah, yeah. Ah, it's, you need skills. You need skills. Yeah. You need, absolutely. You, basically, you can get someone who can go through a five-day shearer training program, program and be ready for the industry. But mm-hmm. it's very rare because okay. about one in 20 people, you know, really yeah. um, do it. So... Uh, yeah, price is one of is one part of the issue, but they need quality and they need to be worth what these farmers mm. are paying for. In more news, Indian farmers fight reform laws. In um, they're protesting against the new laws in their country. They fear changes will reduce their earnings and result in exploitation by corporations, eventually rend- rendering them landless. So while farmers in India fight three controversial free market agricultural laws, some experts in Australia say that Australia could benefit from the landmark legislation to reform India's massive farm sector. Um, These farmers have marched to Delhi to demand laws reducing state support to be rescinded. And um, so the laws could break up state control over the marketing of food and fibers, allowing farmers to sell directly to corporations to grow crops under private contract and use e-commerce platforms. So, um, yeah, these protesters, what, what, um, a professor of banking and finance in the University of Canberra says that the protesters are not ready to talk clause by clause, but they just give one demand, repeal the laws. So mm. they're, they're wanting the laws to be fair, to allow them to get what, right. to give back to them what they deserve. Um, and this benefits everyone. You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. We have an awesome interview, and I'd like to introduce our guest this morning, Yay. Rick Ferrey. Hello. Welcome. How are you going? <laughs> Very good. Good to have you. How are you this morning? I am well, thank you. Well, for those listening, tuning in, I believe this is Rick Ferrey's first time on The Breakfast Show and on Faith FM, so we're very honoured to have you on. I have known Rick Frey at university. He was a lecturer there, um, teaching there. He was an awesome lecturer. We miss him dearly now that he's 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 having fun. He's just enjoying himself. Uh, he's busier than he's when busy. he was working. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But it's good to see you again, Rick. Yeah, great to be here. Hey, we want to talk a little bit more about your journey of faith, I mm. guess. And for those tuning in, um, I guess a little bit, who who is Rick and how did he come to Jesus? Yeah, boy, that's a long story, but we'll condense it. Um, Rick's a, a Warhope, Mid-North Coast boy, Warhope, Port Macquarie grew up. Uh, folks were church folk, but I was a sporting body. So I would uh, 
church on a Saturday morning and then play sports Saturday afternoon. So that, that went along for quite a while. But what really got me interested in church more than anything was music. Mm. Very powerful medium. Mm. Great conversations. Then I went uh, through school, of course, and nursing. Oh. And uh, met my wife nursing. And while we were there, there was a lot of stuff going on globally, um, sort of scary stuff. And, and I sort of got pushed into this 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 religion thing a little bit harder or more forceful, yeah. but it wasn't a healthy experience for me. Mm. It was a fearful experience. Wow, yeah. But I had a couple of other male nurses who were just really good mentors, and I probably we can't say enough about good mentors yeah. around today. They're so valuable. Yeah. And they got beside me and started sharing me scripture in a different way. So I started reading scripture with a new lens, if you like, and things started unfolding in a really healthy way. Finished nursing, went to Avondale College ministry, mm-hmm. then uh, pastoral ministry and chaplaincy, hospital chaplaincy, school chaplaincy. We went overseas in missions for a number of years. Always been involved in music um, and research and study, and it continues. Um, and I guess through our, through our journeys... Uh, particularly in the islands. We went to Pitcairn Island, uh, the Mutiny on the Bounty little island, and uh, there's a couple of major traumas there, accidents with our family, and in Papua New Guinea. My son was burnt very badly in fires there, and my daughter fell over a cliff on Pitcairn, and my wife fell over after trying to rescue her. Wow. So, so that was a turning point mm. in my experience because I had this sort of, unreal expectation I guess and I I think a lot of us may have this we sometimes have a a, a theory in our mind but when it's placed in the real tangible it sometimes comes unstuck so for me I had this view that wherever I went God would not let us get into harm or danger ah you you get that yeah um I now my perspective now is quite different from that Mm -hmm. God won't necessarily stop us from harm or danger, but he'll be with us in it. Okay. Now, that's a major step. for oh. You'd think, hey, you're a minister. You should know all this. No, folks, we, we struggle with some of these things. We all do. Oh. And, and for now, the bigger the question or my response now is even at another level where for me personally, God is saying to me, despite what happens to you, you know I'm with you, but... Will you believe that no matter what happens, I am with you? So it's another level of faith for me. And boy, it's a battle sometimes, you know. So that whole journey coincided with some more research for me. I was really looking for answers. Um, And the the pivotal thing for me was when when we were first asked to go into overseas mission work, we call it. I don't know what we call it these days. um, I'd gone to Sydney. I'll really be brief on this, but this was a major factor for me that I still cling to and my family, my wife, Jen. Um, I had to go to Sydney for some some reason. I was going to ride my motorbike. It rained. We went in the car. I took my son with us and my wife with us. We stopped at the Sydney Avenue Hospital near there. I had to go across a road, a major road. I went in to see someone. I had my son with me. We came back and I was standing out in front of you guys will know this. Some of the some of our listeners may not. The Warunga Adventist Church, right down Fox Road. Yes. And this voice said to me, "Don't go back to your car. 
go across to the division offices and tell someone you want to do mission work. And I go, what? (laughs) I'm hearing things. And I ignored it. I walked into the middle of Fox Valley Road and the voice said it again, stop. Go into, and and I'm looking at my wife and I'm going, People can't see me, but I'm sort of saying, what's going? <laughs> I got to the other side of the curb, yeah? Yeah. And the voice said, stop, three times. Mm. Go back. I walked back through the door and I met Dr. Arthur Furch, who tragically died uh, from a car accident. And he said, Rick, you look worried. What's going on? I said, I don't know. But something is saying to me, I've got to come in and tell people I want to do mission service. He grabbed me and we went straight around to an office. Anyway, I could go for hours, but, but the long short of it is... Um, they had been looking for someone, 27 people around the world to go to Pitcairn Island. Mm. And the last person who said, yes, we'll go, had a medical condition from in America and couldn't go and rang them up half an hour before I walked in. Wow. And they didn't have on the register, back in those days, the minister's wife had to be a nurse. We're both nurses. And it wasn't in the register. And soon as uh, Dr. Furt said to Vern Palmetter, did you know Rick and Jenny are both nurses? You could just see Pitcairn ringing in his eyes. So anyway, moved forward after accidents mm. three or four years and I came back uh, in a bit of trauma. My, my, my daughter fell 100 feet over, over a cliff and my wife went to get her and she fell too, not that far, but in Papua New Guinea. So all this stuff's going in my mind, where's God? He's deserted mm, me. Yeah. And so I'm preaching. This is I'm really burying myself here. I'm preaching every weekend. But in another space in my heart and mind, I'm saying, I really can't work this out. Mm-hmm. Came back to Australia, a little bit undone, and I was in a, in a prayer group. Have a guess what? I'm really quite angry with God. Mm-hmm. Uh, psychologically, I wasn't doing well. I was, I was, I was getting quite suicidal. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't functioning. I was in a prayer group, and the voice spoke again. That same voice four years before that had spoken on the road. And I was crying out at God, where are you? And the voice that spoke to me was as clear as we're talking, as I'm talking today, said, Rick, when your daughter fell over the cliff on Pitcairn and your wife went to get her and fell, and when your son was burned in Papua New Guinea, I was there with you just like I was with my son when he died. Boom. So that's the heart of my testimony. So you might ask, Renee, what keeps me rolling today? Yeah. Is that. Mm. But probably, you know, it, it's I never get the idea that it's an easy journey. Mm. But but what we've, and my, my, I say to my to folks, my wife is the faith warrior. She's the strong, yeah. strong faith. Um, I now, I, Jen will say, you know. <laughs> You know how Paul said, I know whom I believe? Yeah. Channel often say to me when I struggle a bit, because that's my nature. Yeah. You know, Rick, in your heart that God is with you. I say, yeah, I do. Mm. I do. So my journey, so that's just a little little view into that journey. But um, I know, I know deep down that God is asking me, do you trust me even though you can't understand it all? Mm. To me, that's my big battle. Mm. Yeah. Does that make... It may not make sense, but but I don't know. Folk out there struggling with all of this sort of stuff, especially in the world we're living in at the moment, theories abound in it. I'm just trying to re-centre in Christ. Yeah. Because there's so much trying to... Even good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to pull us... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
I I love that you shared. I think the main thing that I got from your your testimony is how present God was with you. And I think another thing that I took away was the fact that you know although. Although you're a minister and although you do the mission work and you preached and you did prayer meeting and you did, you did it all, it's still a struggle that you have. But I think what's beautiful is that you allow that struggle to bring you closer to God and you allow that to, that to be a point where you lean on him. And it's beautiful that your wife supports you in that and she reminds you we need those kind of people in our lives. Um, I guess I, I would ask, how does you know, how does that affect your, how does, you know, your testimony affect the way you, I want to say do ministry today or just, you know, mentor others? How does that impact how you live your life today? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I I see ministry very broadly. I mean, we'll talk about pastoral ministry, chaplaincy ministry. I think we're all ministers. Mm, Here's a ministry. Mm. I do a radio show in the Central Central Hunter now. It's a Mm. a commercial radio program. Awesome. I love it. uh, No, I won't say. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I'm meeting some wonderful people I'd never met on the earth before. Wow. And and playing some gospel music in there. So it's just a little... The Lord's led us me into that ministry. Yeah. Um, Renee, I, I've I've narrowed things down a fair bit. Yeah. Um, I think God's calling us just to work in our own back paddocks. Okay. Um, I, after being what forty years in ministry, various ministries or more now, forty five. Um, God gives different people to do all sorts of ministries, mm. but I think we can all be comfortable in our own Christ skin. I think that's a struggle for Christians sometimes is, I've got to say this, I've got to say, no, 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 no. Just be who you are Absolutely. and peace in Christ and he will let you know what you need to do. Is that Does that make sense? Because I have a view with everything that's going on around the world at the moment. If you create friendships without hooks, hmm. so at the moment we, we, we have a little garden and we take veggies around the neighbourhood and folk are going, the first folks are going, hey, people don't do that, you know. Right. But what I'm saying is if we create friendships, there will come a time, I, there will come a time where these people say, I know I can talk to them honestly. Mm. It may not be just now in terms of big picture stuff. Yes. But if we've got that relationship, it's not new what I'm saying, but yeah. I just I, I just want to let people know, be relaxed in yourself, be who you are and genuine in yourself and God will bring people in front of you mm. and through your path that he knows you can relate to. So we've narrowed our big feel down because we're finished teaching i love teaching love you guys it was yeah. good yeah. i do miss the students yeah i don't miss all the administrative work. <laughs> but anyway yeah just be comfortable in who we are rick i i i don't know your advice it really it really just touched my heart because i'm because often i i feel that way i'm like i don't know i feel too confused with what's happening in the world but like you said narrow down focus on jesus really just work in your own backyard because you know if we all do our part you know yeah. that's really important yeah. we are running out of time yeah. but i do want to ask you are going to play a song look i will can you give us a little background you know just <laughs> to let the listeners know what you know i guess what inspired you to write this song or you know uh, why you love this song so much just a little bit about that yeah look I've, I've always loved music uh, I'm just finding it Renee while we go mm. I'm just looking for uh... yeah here's one I, could... um, I, I, I haven't written these I'm, my son's an audio engineer up in Dubbo and we are about to sit down and record my own Ooh, album how exciting which is, which, is, which is about time you know you do all these covers um, 
Look, music to me is just one of the greatest communicators of both gospel and just whatever whatever we want. It's just so powerful, and you know what? It's, yeah, I'm sure I'm preaching to the converted. Mm, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to find. Can I find an old hymn? Oh, yes. is that all right? Yes, I love hymns. Yeah, I just, I just gotta, I just gotta. No, that's fine. Um, yeah, but for those listening, Rick does play the guitar. Um, I think he plays the piano as well. Uh, no, no vi- learning violin and a few other instruments, but I, the, the piano's on the list. <laughs> piano's on the list. It's uh, never too late to learn a new instrument. That's what I've learned. So I think I might pick up one. Rick's inspired me. <laughs> Do it. Um, this is the year to try new things. Try new things. <laughs> okay. Do, do you tell us when you're, when you're ready to go, Renee? Yeah, yeah, go. yeah. This is a song that tells my story. It's thanks mm. to Calvary. I don't come here anymore. We're in heaven. Same old crowd I 
to Calvary. We don't live here anymore. anymore. Yeah, well, girls, that's my story, really, in a song, thanks to Calvary. And um, it's just been fun coming in and sharing it. And um, I, I just hope it inspires some folks out there who are listening that um, God hangs with us no matter what. Yeah. I couldn't say it any better myself, Rick. Um, just to reiterate what Rick said, you know, despite whatever we might go through, um, it might be hard. Um, God is there with us. Indeed. He is with us. He's and with us. we're going to cover that more in our Bible study coming up. But thank you so much, Rick, for coming. All the best with your ministry. Um, we wish you, yeah, we wish you all the, the love and the blessings. Thank you. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.